Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthy Socials. I'm very excited that you are here because in today's episode, I have a very special, interesting and very knowledgeable guest on with me. I have Amanda Majorano. She is an Adelaide-based dietitian, food photographer and stylist. And she also develops recipes. How cool is that? Her mission is to dismantle diet culture and to really inform people of how they should be eating to nourish their body because at the end of the day, she's all about nourishment, not punishment. So in today's episode, I have a really, really deep dive into the conversation of what it means to eat healthily, why you should be nourishing your body and I guess how beneficial it is so that you could perform optimally in your business and also some ways that you can make sure that you're being organized, that you're utilizing your time so that during the working day, you're not reaching for that pack of chips, but you're reaching for something that's going to nourish you and sustain you. So I'm very excited and I'm not going to waste any more time. Just a quick disclaimer, this podcast episode does not constitute and is not a substitute for medical advice please reach out to your health professional team for personalized medical advice welcome to healthy socials your go-to source for all things social media marketing and business mindset i'm your host Alyssa cairo and i'm a social media manager and coach helping business owners just like you convert followers into buyers with total ease and confidence i'm bringing you all of my juicy knowledge and takeaways from my experience working with every possible business you could ever imagine from health consultants to funky cafes you can keep up with me on instagram via blue communications before we jump into this episode all you need to do is sit back relax and don't forget to subscribe because you don't want to miss a beat. So hi Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I really want you to tell the audience a little bit about what you do. I know you call yourself a non-diet dietitian. What Mm -hmm. does that mean? So I, um, to give a bit of a background, finished uni last year. Um, So I went to Flinders and did a Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics and then um, started working in clinical practice this year. And I I had done a bit of professional development around non-diet dietetics, um, like throughout my course, but not too much. So I focused a lot on that this year. And it's pretty much so non-diet dietetics focuses more on like a weight neutral perspective when um, dealing with clients and and like it's more so focusing on those health promoting behaviors. So, you know, increasing veggies, fiber, looking at how to diversify your diet, um, water intake, mindful movement, things like that, rather than just focusing on like the number on the scales, because um, so many studies have shown that um, it's just, it's just not like, I mean, when you first hear like a dietitian or a nutritionist, you kind of think like the diet police straight away. And, and, um, and that's kind of like the bad rap that they get. So, and so what I kind of guess the work that I'm trying to do is move people away from that dieting mentality um, and less of that kind of restriction and deprivation around food and trying to even like change people's mindset around like what health means to them. And I guess 
with that being said, it's focusing on how you feel day to day, um, your energy levels, your stress and sleep levels, as opposed to just that number on the scale. Um, but yeah, so that's, I guess, what a non-diet dietitian does, focusing um, more on just health promoting behaviours as opposed to the number on the scale. So yeah, I'm glad that in the clinics that I work at, everyone's been really receptive to that. I initially thought that people or especially getting like referrals from doctors, they might be a bit, you know, apprehensive about it because a lot of clients I get referred to um, for like weight management and things like that. But then I've been really lucky in that clients that have come to me and I kind of go through the non-diet approach, they seem really receptive towards it. And especially because they've gone through like, a lot of them have gone through years of crash dieting and things like that. So they kind of just want a way out. So yeah. They've really, yeah, taken to the non-diet approach, which is good. So so it's kind of like, I guess, a little bit more of a sustainable approach to eating yeah. living as well. Because I feel like, um, yes. like, for example, even with me, like I'll go through periods of time where I'm like super strict on myself and I'm like going mm. to gym every day. But then if yep. you know, I've taken on an extra client or I'm super busy, things will just fall and I'll just crash. So it's really not sustainable to be doing that. So I really love that. And that's why I was really excited to have you on. That was actually the point of difference for you compared to having another dietitian on the podcast because I think that's, you know, obviously I work with business owners, so life is busy. It's sometimes really hard to be super strict. Things happen. So that's why I wanted you on here. And I'm very excited to pretty much jump straight into it if you're ready. Yeah, let's go for it. So in general, I feel like we all kind of know that what we eat impacts like how we feel, but can you kind mm-hmm. of explain a little bit more on like a deeper level of like why eating well and filling our body with, I guess, really good nutrients helps us like function and perform better. Like why can't we perform well if we're like eating chips all day or eating cornflakes all day? Like what's the difference? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, um, there's a few like important aspects when it comes to that. First off, I'll probably start with like, the three main um, nutrients. So we've got the macronutrients, which are protein, carbs, and fat. Um, and so in terms of looking at carbs, whenever we eat carbs, whether it be from like fruit or from potatoes or pasta, things like that, um, it gets broken down um, and it gets broken down into glucose, which is the simplest form of carbs. And pretty much every cell in our body runs off of glucose. So just kind of seeing that link between carbs and how it can kind of fuel every single cell in our body, we can kind of see how important it is. Um, And particularly when talking about carbs, um, that's kind of when we, you know, go into like blood sugar levels and things like that. And I guess, you know, one really important aspect of eating like a balanced diet is um, eating frequently as well. So not kind of going too long without um, a meal or a snack. And I guess the important part of that is that it, <laughs> I know it's a bit hard sometimes when you're really busy, but I guess it kind of maintains those um, sugar levels. So you don't kind of get those really tired feelings, which, you know, it's quite common, especially around that three to 4 PM mark. Um, you just feel that kind of drag and you're like, you're reaching for a coffee or something like that. And that's typically when your sugar levels drop a bit. So um, yeah, so that's kind of the benefit of carbs just in a really small nutshell. Um, I guess protein, the other thing is that's really the main, the main one that we hear about, you know, proteins for cell growth and, and, um, uh, like muscle growth and repair and things like that. Um, and that's normally our second form of energy if we don't have enough carbs, but carbs are just kind of like 
the main one. That's our body's preferred source. Um, and then fats as well. Um, I mean, we kind of, fats, fats did get a bad rap in the past. I feel like it's a yeah. little bit better now in the media. We've got things like nut butters and avocados and people are a bit, you know, less scared about it. And I mean, they should be like, we shouldn't be scared of any food, um, particularly like such an important food um, and nutrient like fat. So that's really important in like building hormones and things like that and absorbing our fat soluble vitamins. So I guess kind of when we pair them all together, that's what gives us enough energy to, you know, feel our best every day and also helps our sleep and our movement and stress levels and things like that. So I guess all of them working together can make us feel as optimal as possible. While you're talking about that, I couldn't help but like analyze my own diet and we'll kind of go into that a little bit later. And I think, you know, don't take any advice from me when I talk about (laughs) because it is pretty horrendous. Um, But are there any like particular foods that you would say are best for like brain function? So I know like a lot of um, listeners are like on the go or, you know, they need to be, you know, performing really well because they have clients, they've got you know, products and like mm. all, they're wearing all the different hats. So there any kind yep. of foods that I guess this brings me out to primary school, but like a brain. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I was thinking about that brain food time. Um, so I guess the first thing that comes to mind is kind of like your omega-3 fatty acids because they've been proven to help with brain function and things like that. So um, foods like walnuts or um, like chia seeds and flax seeds are some good plant options. And then your oily fish like salmon is excellent. Mackerel, herring, depends how, you know, much you want to go down in that smelly fish part. (laughs) Salmon's probably a good good one to start with. Um, And then I guess you know, for clients um, of yours that, you know, where all these different hats have so many meetings a day, just really just need to get on the ball with fueling their bodies. I think the one, one of the most important things would be to start your day with a good breakfast. And I know like even in clinic, I see a lot of clients that just kind of skip breakfast or perhaps have just like a early lunch at around 11. Um, and I guess at, at the end of the day, it, it's all what works for you. But I think people often underestimate the power of having a good um, breakfast to start your day. So something like a bowl of porridge um, with some like almonds or walnuts on top, um, things like that. So you've got a good source of carbs to keep you feeling like fueled throughout the day and high in fiber. So you don't kind of get that drop in blood sugar levels and you're kind of feeling more satiated for the day. So I think starting your day with breakfast, I know we kind of always hear about like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And for a lot of people it is, I think, yeah, it just kind of gets forgotten or we pick up a coffee up instead and things like that. So yeah. Yeah. I would say breakfast and those omega-3 fatty acid foods. Yeah. yeah, I feel attacked. I grab a coffee, a short black. <laughs> I, I quickly go, I go to the gym, drink so much water. I come home, I quickly get ready. I, you know, chuck down a short black and then it's yep. like, oh my God. I Yeah, you know, and time goes. <laughs> yeah, the time goes. Like I literally just, you know, shove my coffee down. I'm in a rush and it's funny because yep. I'm from home. So it's like a couple <laughs> minutes is really not going to make a difference. Yeah. But then I, I don't know, sometimes like, I don't really feel like eating in the morning. So if someone, mm-hmm. what would you kind of suggest for like a quick yeah. go? I mean, a good option is, I mean, it still takes time because it's the night before, but if you were to prepare like overnight oats in just like a container and grab that when you walk out the door, um, mm-hmm. that's a good quick one. Yeah. Even I find, I mean, I haven't tried this personally, but people um, 
have said to me that they've put like all your veggies and fruit that you want to put in a smoothie, like pop that in a plastic bag when you're doing your meal prep and then pop it into a blender with like your milk when you, when you're ready to go, just so it takes like that hassle away of having to top Uh, things up and and whatnot. Um, so yeah, so that's a good option. Even if it's just something small, like banana with like dollop of peanut butter on top, like just to like, especially if you're not really much of a morning person or a breakfast person, like just to get something in the system. Um, so yeah, just starting with something small because it can be hard to like go from not having breakfast every day to like sitting down to a big bowl of porridge or something like that. So yeah. <laughs> totally. <This is> yeah. <laughs> I'm the dietitian and I am not the dietitian. <laughs> so in terms of food and obviously food impacts how we feel it like, you know, obviously like for example with me, there's nothing that makes me more happy than sitting down and eating a fresh mango. So it really does impact yeah, on me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in terms of like, obviously normally running a business, we're quite naturally stressed because you've got a lot of things on your mind. Are there particular like foods or drinks that we should avoid or like maybe try and have every day that kind of makes mm-hmm. our body, I guess, like spike in blood sugar or yeah. yep. naturally stressed? Um, I guess I would kind of go towards more so like when you're having your foods and more of that kind of time factor um because i know that for a lot of clients they say that they feel more like stressed and anxious if they've had um like a couple coffees a day or they've kind of started their day with a coffee before having anything like food like any actual food to eat Mm -hmm. so um or even like keeping tabs on the amount of caffeine that you're having throughout the day so that might be a good place to start um, particularly for people that do um drink coffee often and making sure that you're having like you're prioritizing your meal and your food first before going for the coffee um especially because coffee can kind of suppress hunger a little bit so you may kind of just reach for the coffee and then think oh i'm feeling a bit like slumped down and tired when you're not feeling hungry, but it's probably because the the caffeine has masked that hunger. So yeah, just looking at the number of coffees or caffeine and, and things like that and the timing of it. Um, and I guess also making sure that um, you, every kind of main meal has like a good balance of your three main food groups. So carbs, proteins and fats and, and vegetables as well in there um, because we can kind of often feel that like 3, 4 p.m. slump if we've just, you know, had a not that substantial meal or we've probably had something that doesn't have a lot of fibre in it so we kind of get more of that crash in, in sugar levels as well. So they're probably the two main things to be mindful of. And, yeah, I mean, I mean saying that, it all comes down to like preparation and, and time. Like that's kind of like the foundations of it. And and once you kind of get into that habit, it's easier. But like setting the habit and the routine is is the hardest thing. So I definitely relate to um the 3 p.m. kind of situation. That's where yep. I will I I think I find more now that I work from home. Um mm-hmm. 3 p.m. hits it's like too early for dinner, haven't had a proper yep. lunch, haven't had a proper breakfast. Um I will be in the pantry and I'll be looking yep. at like today, exactly. pretty appalling. Like I said, don't listen to my diet. Like take it with a salt. I like had a coffee this morning, and then I've pretty much eaten. Like I eat a whole pineapple on some days because you just keep yeah. going back to it. It's addictive, and I guess it's that's it. Yeah, I'll just go for like a bowl of cornflakes, and then at like three p.m. because I just need something with sugar. And then mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to eat anything at night. But then it gets like eight p.m. and I'm like, oh my god, like give me something. So I think, yeah, like sometimes we can let our like our days get in the way of how well we eat. Like we wouldn't eat that way if we were maybe in like an office 
or you know mm. even at school like think of how we used to eat at school like we used to eat yep. pretty normal um, yeah like whereas yeah we yep. out of the window like it's pretty bad mm-hmm. so as a very busy dietitian you know you're a food photographer you do food styling you do recipe development how do you i guess maintain a nourishing diet throughout the day because i know you said you know every meal you have just try to be mindful of you know what's in it making sure you're fueling your body how do you like how do you have the time for it and how do you maintain it yeah i mean good question i think i'll start off by saying i am very much a creature of habit so my breakfast probably have been the same for about a couple of years and i just kind of like alternate between two that i love and then probably change it when it gets warmer or, or colder so into and i i tend to just have breakfast first thing you know as soon as i wake up so breakfast is quite easy because it's either like bowl of cereal or some porridge and that like I don't have to meal prep anything for that. So that's just kind of done within like an hour of waking up. And then in terms of snacks, so if I'm in clinic, I always pack like a morning snack and an afternoon snack or depending on my hours. And for those, I mean, if I do have something that I've made, I'll take that. But very often now when I'm, when I, when I've been in clinic, so I usually just grab like a protein ball or if it's like, um, like some kind of slice that I've made or like a protein bar, like some of the keep it cleaner ones. I get like the big boxes of them and like stuff a few in my handbag and then take them to work. And then I guess with lunches, I do have to be more mindful on the days I'm going into work because that involves more planning and things like that. I mean, and I don't always, you know, sometimes it is just kind of like, oh, I'll just have to go grab something on the way because I haven't had time to make something. But um, I would say I guess the best advice would be to try and meal prep, not even, I guess, meal prep, more ingredient prep, cooking batches of rice or like roasted potatoes or things like that. And then doing um, like some roasted veg or whatever you want to do, boiling, like doing some hard boiled eggs and just kind of keeping all those ingredients in the fridge so that when it comes to preparing your lunch for the next day, just popping them all in a container, doing like a quick dressing or something like that, or even just like tahini on top. And then just, you know, so you can just pop out the door, take your lunch and not have to worry about it. Um, So I think ingredient prepping would be the biggest thing. And I guess if, you know, because I've been kind of doing that for a while now. Um, and it, it's also almost like, because I enjoy cooking and things like that, it's it's less of like a hassle and less kind of thought has to be put into it. And I'm lucky that if I'm doing recipe development, I can just take leftovers and, and whatnot. So that's, <laughs> that's a plus. Um, yeah, but I guess the, the main thing would be ingredient prep and then just kind of even set reminders like of like on Sunday afternoon, like, okay, go on, pop this in the oven, turn this on just so you like, even if you just pop like one whole potato in the oven, that's it. And like some tin beans or something complete meal, like good to go. So yeah, I think people often get too scared that it has to be too perfect, but kind of just stripping it back to the basics and think, okay, carbs, fat, protein, veg, like that's it. So yeah. I think that's um, something that really stood out to me and has kind of hit me is the fact that, just because as well, well, I mean, I'm talking to myself because I'm the one who can hear this at the moment, is that even when you work from home, maybe like this is something good to try. Like, because I think sometimes like we're actually worse when we work from home because the pain yeah. is just around the corner. It's just so easy just to grab something and kind of just 
I eat my lunch and my like, if I have brunch because I normally have it later, yeah. eat first thing in the morning, but I'll have it at my desk. So maybe mm. which is not a good habit either because then I just scoff it down. Um, yeah. But I think maybe meal prepping is probably more important as I'd say it's probably more important if you work from home too, because you don't actually give yourself that conscious time. Like I think a lot of my friends as well have this like perception of like, Oh, if you work from home, you must be so flexible. You must just make yourself lunches and stuff. I'm like, I'm literally having like gluten free premiums with butter. Like, you know, there's nothing glamorous about it. I think sometimes it's actually even harder because I think so too. Yeah. And even sometimes like, you know, with coaching clients, like if I have a back-to-back day, I will not eat. Like I'll quickly grab something from the pantry in between the five minutes of the call. I think even like ingredient prepping, like you've said, is probably a really good thing. Even if you like wash salad beforehand, yeah. um, cut up like your cherry tomatoes, like do all that kind yeah. of stuff before. Um, I definitely feel like that's better because I feel like when you eat better, you just, you genuinely feel better. Like you have more yeah. energy. Um, exactly. So that's a really, really good, I like your day on a plate kind of style. (laughs) It does not look anything like that. (laughs) There's this little bit of a perception that eating healthier takes longer. Do you think that is like entirely true or do you think it really comes Mm. down to what you're doing? Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. And I think before I had gone, you know, through uni, I probably would have said like, no, like it's cheaper when you break it down. It's more accessible, things like that. But then when you kind of think more about it and dive deeper, you like, you learn more about, um, it's called the social determinants of health and, you know, health equity and things like that. And with that in mind, like, it's kind of like how like minority groups don't have access to, you know, as many fresh fruits and vegetables all the time and things like that. And I think, I mean, this is kind of taking it into a much of a deeper path, but I think in saying that it, it just can be different for everyone. And it just depends on your circumstances. It is possible to, to like eat a well balanced diet and eat a healthy meal and whatever, like cheaply, because like you can get like lentils and things like that. And especially cause like, rice um and or like your bulk foods when you buy them in bulk like it's it's a lot cheaper and things like your meat and and chicken and and fish like they are a lot more expensive um but i think yeah it so often comes down to like that kind of education about you know what is healthy eating like how do you prepare the meals because like it's all good and well if someone said like oh okay make like this recipe or just eat this or cut this out but oftentimes people don't have maybe the utensils or the education or how to pair foods together or things like that. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to it, which, which I later learned in uni. So yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, that is, I think I I was in like a, like a really good role maybe like a couple weeks ago and I would like spend a Sunday kind of like making like my protein bowls because if you know me personally, I have a nut and sesame allergy. So okay. sometimes that can make it really hard for me as well because, like, yep. I could grab something, like you said, you use, have the Keep It Cleaner protein bars. Yeah. Like, that stuff's not readily available for me. And also, yep. I'm gluten intolerant. So that makes things really, really hard. Yep. So that I was does. in a really good role where I was, like, making all these recipes. And then when life just gets busy, that I feel like that's an one thing that drops off, like your health, yep. even though that's the time that you're meant to actually ramp it up. So mm. I feel like I'm going to outwardly 
I guess, declare on this podcast <laughs> that I am now going to make more of an effort. I'm inspired by Amanda to kind of take, <laughs> make the daily changes and be a little bit more conscious about what I eat, not in like a diet way, but more mm. like a nourishment way. Like if yeah. you're working, if you're running a business, you obviously need your brain to function and you need that yeah. energy because then otherwise like, you know, we all know what it's like to, you know, finish a day and feel like you can't like move or can't get off yes. the chair or, you know, you can't sustain yourself. Or you've got a headache, all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, it's, I guess it's, a, it's got to be a priority in your business. Yeah. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. In terms of like, what would be some other, I guess, tips for, I guess, just busy people in general for nourishing your body throughout the day? Mm. Um, I would say take and like pack snacks with you on the go. If like you're driving around lots of meetings, like pop them in like the glove box or keep some in your bag with you. Um, it can even just be like some Carmen's muesli bars or whatever kind of quick grab and go snack. Like I know a lot of people like those roasted chickpeas or like the chocolate coated chickpeas. Like people love them. I love yeah. them. They're really good. I love the soy. They are good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, pack snacks and take them with you on the go. Even if it means setting reminders on your phone, being like stop and like take 10 minutes to have a meal, if that's all you can do. Like it's just kind of stepping away from the screen or stepping away, you know, like heading outside just for a walk around. Yeah, just 10 minutes to yourself so you can process it or, you know, take the time to have a snack or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I guess that would be the main thing. Even, I guess, not, I mean, it's hard. To, you want You want to kind of like stick to routines and things like that. But then eventually life gets in the way but not feeling too like bogged down or not getting too upset with yourself if you know you feel like you have like stuffed up I guess in in you know quotation marks mm -hmm. and it might just mean like okay I haven't packed a lunch today instead of skipping lunch or instead of grabbing like a coffee which isn't a meal going to get you know going to the supermarket and grabbing like a, prepa a prepared salad or whatever it is, or like grabbing some lettuce leaves, some tuna, some rivetas and just popping something together. So yeah, it's, it's, it's hard when you're kind of on a roll and, and you've just kind of been going this way for so long to kind of make those initial changes. It's yeah. so hard. And I think um, something that also stood out to me as well, and I think it will stand out to a lot of people listening is the fact that like take a couple minutes out of your day. Like I would feel like there's a lot of people who also do the same as me where they'll just sit at their desk and eat lunch. Like that's literally what I do when I eat lunch. Like I just bring it yeah. to my desk. I scoff it down. I'm like, you know, I've got a phone in one hand. I'm typing. I'm like trying to eat at the same time. Yeah. So I think that's another thing as well is like take the actual time to eat slowly, to like let yourself digest and just actually take, I guess like meal time is like break time in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even when you were saying before how like sometimes it can be, you know, harder working from home. And I agree because, you know, when you're at work, especially if you're working, you know, with other people, you're not just kind of in your office by yourself. You do have like that set break time or lunchtime, whether true. it's like 30 minutes or an hour and, you know, you might or go around like the kitchen table or go and grab like lunch with a friend. Whereas like if it's just you at home, like you're kind of like, oh, I won't, I won't bother about that. And there's less like social aspect. And I, I was thinking the exact same when you were, when you were hinting at that. So that, yeah. is, that is really true. And I never really thought about that until you've just said now, like, you know, when I used to work, um, I, I started my business straight out of uni. So when I was part-time working, you know, if we did five and a half hours, five hours, we got a half an hour break. If we did, you know, yeah eight hours or whatever else you got an hour break like 
you know, you mm-hmm. kind of need to treat your business as if just for like, in terms of like this health aspect as well, treat your business as if someone was telling you this is your lunch break. Um, yes. you remember like in primary school, we'd have brain food. It was like, you know, yep. 10 o'clock, everyone grab your brain food, like kind of That's treat it. your business. Like, you know, you'd finish school at three, then you'd have an afternoon snack. Like, yeah. I yeah. feel like that is kind of how you, you could structure your business in terms of like how you eat throughout the day. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I kind of find um, when I am super, super stressed, I will reach for things like, you know, that pack of Allen snakes or, you know, that, I know, that pack of chips or something like that. Stress and cravings, how, I guess, how common is it? Why, like, why do people get it? And what are some Mm -hmm. things I guess we can do to avoid getting those extreme cravings? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. And a lot of people um, like experience that when, you know, they're stressed or if they're feeling like really fatigued from work or they haven't slept really well, kind of picking those foods that might not give them as much sustained energy, I guess, more of kind of those snack foods and things like that. And I guess, um, I guess I mean, one of the main things that comes to mind is that this study that they, I'm not sure who published it, but it it was a study about people who had less sleep and who were in a stressful work environment were twice as likely to go for like a second pastry at the office meeting or something like that. And I guess the purpose of the study was to show how um, our sugar cravings or that kind of sweet craving can be increased when we are more stressed and we are more fatigued and and haven't had as much sleep. So I guess the thing to remember there is to try and like when you are feeling stressed, I guess it's more important than ever to prioritize those three meals a day. Um, And even if that means, you know, a morning snack and especially an afternoon snack, um, just so you know that you're feeling fueled, um, like whatever you're eating is satiating and things like that. Um, Also want to touch on, I guess, stressful eating comes into like emotional eating. Mm -hmm. And I think emotional eating does like have a lot of stigma about it, but at the end of the day, there's nothing inherently wrong with emotional eating because, you know, we can look at it in a way that, you know, our emotions do impact um, a lot of things that we do. They might impact, I mean, they obviously impact our energy levels and our sleep levels, you know, whether we feel like going for a walk or not, or just getting out of the house and, you know, going in some sun. So it's, it makes sense that it would kind of impact our food decisions and our cravings. And I guess a lot of people do kind of beat themselves up about like, oh gosh, I've been emotionally eating. I'm sad. I'm stressed. I'm reaching for a chocolate bar or something like that. And just to kind of reassure yourself that there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's more so looking at, okay, like I know that this might be one of my coping mechanisms, but maybe let's try and make sure that it's not the only one like in the toolbox. So what else could I do when these, when I start to feel stressed or I start to feel sad or or tired from work and things like that. So yes, it might be eating, you know, something that feels comforting. It might also be like having a bath or calling a friend or like cooking a nice meal for yourself. So I think that both in hand with the making sure that you're still kind of planning your regular meals, um, that would probably be my advice in terms of like stress eating and, and cravings. So that's really made me think about my coping mechanism and my coping <laughs> at the moment is red rock. Um, the balsamic chips, that is my coping mechanism. Yeah. Like if I feel stressed, this is like, you know, I'm stressed from a day, you know, I've got lots of client work or maybe something hasn't gone my way. 
I'll be on the couch at night and I'll be like, chips, and yep. no one will stop me. And I will just yep. go, I'll grab them and then I'll feel like, oh, great. Now this sucks in my business. And now I've just eaten like this many more calories and now I've got to work even harder at the gym. And then I like how you can point like, you can't beat yourself up about that as well. Yeah, yeah. You can't so beat yourself up. Every day. Exactly. Like, about balance. Yeah, especially like with I, with like my Instagram and kind of going more towards that dietetic lens on my Instagram, like it's so much about that kind of self-talk and trying to stop that negative self-talk and kind of trying to block out everything that I guess diet culture has kind of bombarded us with over the years. So it's like, you know, I can eat chips and not worry about like the calories or not worry about how it would impact my work, uh, my workout, my exercise. Like think of like, food and exercise as two separate things and one not having an impact on the other and, and vice versa. So yeah. And it, and it's so hard because it's, it's so much to do with like rewiring your brain and how I guess we've been, you know, conditioned to think about food and about calories in such a negative light when really it's just a source of energy that, you know, we need every day. So it's, it's almost kind of like that brain training as well, which, which is even harder than when it, when it comes to like actually making the food decision itself. Definitely, definitely. And I will, um, I'll definitely leave Amanda's link to her Instagram below because you can check out her recipes are amazing. I have to give her cinnamon scrolls a try, but she also does post really, really good content around like, you know, food positivity, being realistic with food and exercise. Like I know a lot of my clients and me as well, sometimes, you know, you can't get to the gym that day, or sometimes you're just going to grab something on the go. And it's about like knowing how to nourish your body, but then knowing how to like not beat yourself up if, you know, you yeah. slip up or, you know, I say quote unquote slip, slip up very loosely. But like, you mm. know, you do something out of ordinary or you do something that's not, you know, I guess, looked upon as healthy, you know, so yeah. you can't beat yourself up. So I'll definitely leave um, her Instagram below. I know you'll love it. So this brings me to my last question. How can people work with you? So um, I guess that kind of comes into two streams. The main one, I guess, would probably be working with me as a dietitian. So I work across three different practices in Adelaide. So I work at Pro Healthcare um, Beverly, so that's on Port Road, and then Pro Healthcare Dover Gardens um, near Marion. And then I'm also at Prospect, uh, Prospect uh, Physiotherapy and Health Plus Clinic. Um, so between the three of them, hopefully one can work for you guys. If, um, if anyone is listening from um, interstate, I can also do like Zoom consults through telehealth and things like that. Um, yeah, so if anyone is interested in working with myself, just like send me a DM on Instagram or send through an email. It's all kind of linked to my Instagram as well. So yeah, and then I guess the less probably popular one, because um, I guess it's more for brands and things mm -hmm. like that, um, for recipe development as well. You know, if someone is listening in that kind of area as well, just on Instagram, send me a DM and and um, go from there. So yeah. That is amazing. You need to check it out. Every time I open your stories, I'm like, mm, I need to make that. And then I'm like, oh, I can't oh, right now. I'm going for a run or like I'm trying <laughs> to finish up this client work, but her recipes are amazing. So definitely um, check out her page. I've left it below. Like, thank you for opening up the conversation, you know, about, I guess, like more nourishment rather than punishment, pretty much. That's yeah. like what it is. Yeah, so thank it. you so much. It has been absolutely amazing. And you've shared some really, really interesting insights. Um, and I guess some really like refreshing thoughts that will help people kind of reframe how, I guess, reframe how they see nutrition, how they see, 
just eating in general and kind of, you know, how they can, I guess, implement small things throughout their day is be more mindful yeah. about what they eat, um, kind of prepare that little bit more. Um, if you work from home, blocking out time, like windows of space to actually eat yeah. and not eat at your desk as if you would in an office. Um, so thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed this chat and I hope everyone learns a little bit from it. <laughs> I really want to thank you for taking some time out of your extremely busy schedule to listen to this episode. As a busy business owner myself, I totally understand what it can be like to wear all the different hats. So if there's ever anything that I can do to support you on social media, please don't be shy to reach out and send me a DM on Instagram via Blue Communications. Bye for now.